1: to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. I'm Kimberly, fully vaccinated Johnson in D.C. Today, my guest is Fred Wellman. He's the executive director of the Lincoln Project. Now, I'm going to read his Twitter bio. Overeducated at West Point, Harvard, and Ranger School. Truly educated in Iraq. Shut the fuck up, Stephen. <laughs> You know I'm gonna ask him about that. But before I get into my conversation with Fred, I do try to keep these intros short. I have a tier on Patreon though that allows listeners to listen ad-free and with a much shorter intro. The Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast supported by listeners and it's woman run. It's patrons who keep the show going and I'm so grateful. If you do enjoy today's show, take a look at the About page. Check out some of my past guests. Most of the time I talk to political people. Sometimes I talk to actors because I used to be one. But just visit patreon.com slash startmeup. I do two free shows a week on Mondays and Wednesdays, and they're followed up by the What's Up show, which is just me alone talking about whatever I feel like, kind of like an online diary. I also do one patrons-only show with a guest once a month. Just check out the variety of tier options at patreon.com slash startmeup. You can make a one time donation by checking out the text in the Patreon description. I've included a link that makes it easy to donate through PayPal. You can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Just stop by the iTunes app, Apple Podcasts Store. Become a subscriber, it's free. And while you're there, if you like the show, please rate it and leave a review. I would really appreciate it. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Fred Wellman. Welcome to the show, Fred. Yeah, great to be here. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. You know, I go up and down. So today's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> today I'm a little bit better. I was having a hard week, but uh, I'm getting there. Um, before I start asking you questions, I need to know who Steven is.
2: Steven That's a little obscure isn't it That is uh, Stephen Miller of course That's a quote from uh, one of these books that just came out Where General Milley The chairman of the Joint Chiefs was in a meeting with Stephen Miller And he turned to him and said you know what Shut the fuck up Stephen And I was like that really? don't we all want to say Shut the fuck up Stephen Stephen Miller So that is my quote in my bio yes. I should also say Fred has a potty mouth But you know everybody knows that
1: by now I think Well that's yeah. really funny and it just made me laugh <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Okay, so find um, every scene in the country. Like, looks at that. And go, we're like you. You know, like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. But I saw that in your bio, and it just made me laugh. I had a feeling it was Stephen Miller, but you know, needed yes. to clarify. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the first part of my conversation with you is going to be focused on Lincoln Project, and Love it. As everybody on my podcast knows, I have been critical, but I also have been supportive. Um, I want to support. I want to. You know, I want as many people in this fight. I, I recognize there's going to be ideological differences with everybody, yeah. including people in the Democratic Party. So um, that is not the issue that I have. The issues that I have – and I'll, I'll be real specific about some things. Like, okay, uh, I don't even know if he's part of it anymore, but um, why do I always – Rick, what is his last name? Rick Wilson. Thank you. I don't know why I blank on that all the time. Anyway, Rick Wilson um, – I don't really like him. I will say I think he's <laughs> I think he's very smart. I think yes. he's very funny and I yes. agree with him a lot of the time. What I don't like is that there were times where I went I I challenged him on Twitter and I was respectful mm-hmm. and he quote tweeted me where my boyfriend challenged him, and he did not quote t- tweet him, which basically yes. sends his angry, including liberals, after me. That pisses me yes. off. But you know what? Frankly, I don't give a shit if he's gonna fight for democracy. Then I just won't. I just won't. You know, go after or I won't care if he quotes tweet quote tweets yeah. me. Um, yeah. So those are little, in my opinion. Those are just personal differences. And then of course, there's the policy differences. But yeah. um, I'll just start with. You know, there there was the scandal with John, the sex scandal, I should say, with John Weaver, and yes. certainly people. You know, there are people who feel that there were members of the Lincoln Project who knew and stayed quiet. Um, I'd like to know what's. Cha- I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into that scandal because I know it's past us. But mm-hmm. what um, what's changed since Weaver?
2: Well, you know, I. I, I... I took over as executive director of the Lincoln Project on February 1st, which is the day the story about John Weaver came out. Uh, I actually never even met John Weaver. Uh, I joined the Lincoln Project as the senior advisor for Veterans Affairs uh, at the end of July, 2020, um, just for the campaign. Started. So I, he had already departed the organization when I joined. So mm-hmm. I, I've never even been in a meeting with John Weaver. Right. So in that sense, you know, I've never dealt with the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, I took over the day, And it launched a whole series, and we implemented a number of things right away. First thing I did was uh, we hired an outside law firm to investigate the allegations that there was multiple, there's multiple different, you know, I see angles, if you will, or or, or, or accusations, and and we had that that was released through that Hastings. Paul Hastings is a well-known law firm out of L.A. Um, They were not associated with us. They were tough on us. They did a thorough review. We've released that the statements on our website. Um, from hastings review, and, and, and essentially it does say very clearly that that no one in the organization was aware of, of these of many of these accusations, especially about the underage young man and he was accused of grooming until he was eighteen uh, i, I can 't get into a lot of the details beyond that, right. but what I did as the executive director there was all, you know, there was further you know when you get these kind of scandals or these kind of accusations and crises, you know it brings up a lot of things, and what we did right away was the organization because when I joined the Lincoln Project as executive director, we were all campaigners. It was, it was all campaign. If you look at our, our co-founders, almost every every one of them were political campaign types, right? Mm-hmm. You know, a political campaign—you run hard, you mm-hmm. do what you got to do, and then the day after the election, everybody goes home, right? Yeah. Well, we had to turn this thing into a long-term pack, and we did that very well in the campaign. Mm-hmm. And then I'm an old businessman. You know, before I joined the Lincoln Project, I ran a small business for ten years, and unfortunately, I lost the pandemic. But um, but I was a businessman for ten years. Uh, veteran I ran, you know veterans advocacy for a living and so i i when they were looking for executive director records i offered my my services as, as the opportunity to take the job because of the idea of taking the lincoln project from a campaign and a project to an actual long-term pack mm-hmm. and, and the things that go with it and those things are the kind of things that lead to some led to some of the accusations about you know the finances or yeah. john weaver though so we have met already, i mean we made everyone an employee we have 12 permanent employees we put in place HR policies, HR training. Uh, I brought in an HR lawyer. You know, mm-hmm. we we implemented a whole range of, of processes. I added a CFO, uh, uh, you know, as as an outside CFO to make sure our finances are in order. You know, we we professionalized in, in the interim that no one has heard about much from February first till now. Mm-hmm. We've implemented a whole host of essentially. Professionalization, if you will, mm-hmm. of the organization, and so these things that have occurred and the x that uh, My goal was to ensure that, that the systems are in place and the process in place, and then, and most importantly, our employees feel comfortable and mm-hmm. safe that any kind of improper behavior of any kind from anyone is able to be reported. There's a process to support employees, treat them like proper, you know, with respect and dignity mm-hmm. that everyone deserves, and any. So the big thing we've seen from from February 1st to now is it's a very different Lincoln project than it was then. And I'm really proud of that work. I think it's made a difference. I think we have very strong employee policies, and we have strong employees who are dedicated to the mission. We're a smaller organization we've ever been, um, but they're dedicated to the mission. So, yeah, I mean, I, I do believe that, you know, crisis is hard. Um, scandal is awful, um, but if you do it right and you respect the process and you take it seriously, and thats that's the thing that I'm proud of, especially with my leadership as I've led this organization is we never it was never blown off um, right. Not at all. I mean it's, it's hard to see the outside because you know but we, we took this really serious, and it was not profitable. Um, and this has been look, I, I joke all the time. you know I invaded Iraq twice and and in many ways this job has been harder <laughs> in, wow. in a long way. you know i mean at least i knew who was shooting me then you know i wake yeah. up you know one day and there's an oppo file got dumped on me personally or you know some kind of nasty stuff being said about me personally on twitter or my my address being floated around like you know it's you know attacks on my kids i mean i've seen it all in the last six months mm-hmm. so, at least in iraq i was just you know shooting at people and so <laughs> you know and so it, it is what it, at least i, I could do what to expect there you know yeah. but you know, it, it's been a journey, but I do believe that the Lincoln Project itself, as an organization, is stronger for the experience. Um, I'm I'm very proud of the work that the founders allowed me to do. You know, they got out of my way and let me build the right organization for the future and right size. And it. I think I think we're well positioned to continue our mission, which is a pro democracy movement. So, you know, it's it's um, you know, it, it wasn't fun, and and, right. and 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 the accusations were serious, and, and the accusers, um, and and the, and the, and the potential victims deserve every right to be heard and respected for that. I hope if nothing else we respected that process enough that that at least we've addressed it. But I, I you know, it is what it is.
1: So the other one of the other things I wanted to bring up was diversity because I remember there was some, yeah. critiques, some critiques about diversity so what's going on there? Yeah.
2: It's always a challenge. I mean I would love to blow smoke and tell you oh yeah we got it everybody you know it, it is it, you know I can't change who the founders are They're, they are they <laughs> are my, <Right>. my <laughs> principals are who they are you know and, yeah. but we are looking for new board members we're recruiting new board members right now uh, mm-hmm. that that's their mission as we speak is to find a couple if not one or if not more uh, board members our 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 point was very direct we need to get outsiders to come in. Yeah. Um, people with different perspectives, be it background or or, or ethnic or or gender. Um, That was actually one of the recommendations we made from the Hastings Review. I'm very, very proud of that. Um, we, we have um, added more employees. We are very small, but as we add, we got one eye on diversity. Time. So, you know, I can't, I can't, I, I take a group picture; it's, it's going to look like me. You know, you know, yeah, there's no way around that. This is the core team of all of that, but, but we have an eye on, on diversifying and ensuring we have great. It is. And the thing is that most people don't realize. You know, we, we really focus on our founders, right? We focus on the eight former Republicans that founded Lincoln Project. And the great Americans, all of them. Um, but the, lar- the larger staff and many of our former contractors and others who work with us come from a diverse background within Democratic party politics, mm-hmm. um, from independence. I'm, I'm, I'm a Democrat now. So, so mm-hmm. we're not quite the monolithic group people think we are.
1: Right. Well, I, I I knew you had left the Republican Party, but I didn't realize you were Democrat. So that's cool. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, I
2: walked. I walked. <laughs> and flipped, uh, I flipped. I'm, I, I flipped long before, too. I actually was nervous about it when they, they reached out to me. When Steve Sh- Sh- Schmidt reached out to me, I was like, well, I'm I'm full-on Democrat nowadays. He's like, no, no, you're good. With <laughs> <laughs> you know, I ain't playing. I, I have renounced it.
1: Yeah. Well, that's good. And then the last yeah. thing that – the last critical thing that I will bring up is obviously sure. – you know, Steve Schmidt was on my show. And um, I know that one of the things that bothered me a lot about what came out in that reporting earlier this year was that he kept repeating generational wealth. And honestly, I don't care if, if any of you are making money to help save democracy. I have no problem with that. But I don't like I don't feel comfortable with the idea that it's because of the money. I mean, I do my mm-hmm. podcast and I earn money. And obviously, I mean we all have to make a living. I don't begrudge that of anyone. And if you happen to, you know, get some wealth from that, I, I don't care. But it's like yeah. when it's only about wealth, when it's when it you know, when certain things are pushed aside and wealth is made the most important part of it, that's that's a problem for me.
2: So well, that's just not the case for us. I mean, it really isn't. You know, we issued a report, uh, again, on our website back in April. Um, we went through it in great depths. We did a financial stewardship report of the organization. Um, we issued essentially an annual report, which no other super PAC has. I mean, the thing you'll discover when you look at FEC reporting, uh, Federal Election Commission reporting, man, you could drive a truck through that crap. I'm not, <laughs> not going to lie to you. I mean, really, it's... You know, that's why a super packs are designed for that reason. The yeah. super PAC's designed to be, you know, a little bit opaque, if you will, to be honest. Right. Um, we issued a report, and I'm happy to have you go to our website, you can send a link out later. Um, but on the on the link of project.us website, there's a, our financial steward short promptly displayed in the drop-down menu that goes through at length how we spent our money during the campaign cycle up until February uh, March, I guess. Um, and, and, and in great depth. And and what you won't see as generational wealth. You know, those terminology, you know, like every like every organization that goes through some challenges, you know, a lot of things get put out that, that are are may, may or may not be accurate, may or may not have been said, or may have been set out of context. I don't know, I wasn't there at those meetings. But I can tell you, that having gone to the numbers the executive director uh, and issued that financial report with my signature on it, that no one made millions, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the structure was weird, and be, and we talked about it before, mm-hmm. you know, because we, we all came in and brought our own individual companies with us, right? E- even I did at the, at the mm-hmm. beginning, right? And and so ad buys were sent through those contracts, you know, um, ad, you know digital ad buys were bought, you know, commercials were bought, videos were, were contracted through those things. So it looks like there's this huge dollar amounts, but in the end, those are spent on campaign. And then during the campaign, 8% of the funds that were donated to the Linker Project went towards the mission they went towards mm-hmm. issuing ads it went towards our you know we, we gave money to some local gather vote we get out the vote efforts we partnered with organizations we, we created a huge latino coalition so the money wasn't just thrown down a hole uh, well so, the latino
1: thing know. is great because you know i had kirk acevedo on here not too long ago well that's so how i know
2: kirk oh kirk. yeah i, I re- yeah i reached out to kirk Oh cool. Kirk. did you ever seen it you should look it up because kirk did a um, we did our town hall launching our Latino coalition. Kirk did a uh, like a, a video for us, and it's fire. I'll send it wow. to you. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, is, it is, it is. He's fire. awesome. <laughs> and uh, so i i yeah, he's a great. American.
1: Well, and I will say, I mean, the one thing conservatives—I know you're a Democrat now, but still, conservatives mm-hmm. totally know well, how to message. <laughs> um, they know how to message, and Democrats yes. suck at that. I should say Republicans know how to message, but you know, Democrats yeah, yeah. do suck at that, and so that's where I think. The Lincoln Project can really be, uh, you know, a boon and and because not only do you guys know how to message really well, you've got that insight and the understanding of how Republicans behave and what what makes them tick and all of that. Um, Exactly. So and I wanted to know um, what is the goal of the Lincoln Project now?
2: Well, we're pro-democratization, and and we are fighting the march of authoritarianism. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. What does that represent today? Well, that does represent the GOP. Um, yeah. Our concerns surround the, the the rising, um, like I said, authoritarianism almost fascism, if you will, mm-hmm. of what has become the, the modern uh, Republican Party. Um, you know, it would be great to say that it was just to defeat Trump and now it's done, but it's mm-hmm. the height of ridiculous to think that just because Trump is the only yeah. president, that this is stopped. And in many ways, it's much worse. Mm-hmm. You know, 1-6 was a huge point for us, too. Mm-hmm. And it shows, and the, and the behavior of the Republican Party since 1-6 shows where their hearts lie. Mm-hmm. And their hearts lie in restricting our voting, rolling back our democracy to keep power, a dwindling uh, demographic that they're holding on too desperately, and they'll do whatever it takes to, to hold on to that power and so we see that they're still in the thrall of Trump they're still in the thrall of his wannabe followers and so we are we still have the same continuing mission you know and, and to be crass you know pretty much destroys the Republican party honestly we yeah. are yeah, we're not issues the, the worst thing we believe is that the Republican party could regain power yeah. uh, in two years in any way and then if they ever get the White House back I shudder to think what could happen It's that serious a moment in American history Mm -hmm. that we fear for our democracy if one of our two major parties regains power. And has the ability to restrict our democracy because that's what they want to do. That's yes. what uh, so these legislatures are doing. It. So so we are we call ourselves a pro-democracy movement. You know, it's right. used to be anti-Trump or right. you know that and that's true in many ways, we are still anti-Trump, of course, because he is the leader of the Republican Party. I can't tell you how often I got people in my mentions on Twitter or even telling me directly, Oh, you guys focus on Trump. You know, he's he's gone away. It's like he's not gone away in no. any shape or form. Right? <laughs> it's, 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 it's the height of delusion. You're, you're yes. just delusion, you know, if you think Trump's gone away. Right. He is. I mean, how many congressmen or senators need to go on TV and say Trump's the leader of the party right. before you get the message that, you know, Trump's the leader of the party. right you know? and <laughs> so, you know, it's it's just drives me. I'll see it. there's a that that goes by Cam. I mean, you see it probably in yours too. Like, yeah. oh you guys focus on Trump's money. Yes. Really? You think so? Because yeah. he's out there, you know, and yeah. but don't worry, we got we got room for Josh Hawley and Lindsey Graham and Jim <laughs> right. Jordan and Margie Taylor Graham. I mean, which plenty of room for we got plenty of room for those guys. But in the end, yeah. Trump is the head of the Republican Party. Um, and, and what that looks like, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, 100%. Um, that's, that's our mission. Yeah. And that's why you see, and that means in every way that means take away the money that goes in their accounts. Um, obviously, our focus right now, especially, is on the Sedition Caucus. Mm-hmm. Um, we are mm-hmm. very laser focused on those Republicans who, um, I mean, you got your layers that voted against the Electoral College, and then you got your layers that actively undermine our democracy, like mm-hmm. the Jim Jordans, the Jim Banks, and the Margitera Greens um, that are gonna going to be hearing from us a lot more as the 2022 cycle rolls in.
1: Um, so when you say hearing from us does that mean you're going to be like doing ads how are you going to uh, you know approach those people
2: yeah so we we have multiple ways we engage now we're a little bit different than last obviously we're very different than super PACs you know most super PACs Pick a few races, invest some money, maybe do a couple commercials, give money to the, client, the candidate. We don't actually give money to candidates. Yeah. Um, we invest in their race in the sense of countering their opponent. So when we talk about Mark, we're going to sh- we're going to expose, for example, Marjorie Taylor Green or Lauren Boebert or other races for who they are. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, we- I don't know who they're going to run against, but we're going to make sure that those who are trumpists those who are authoritarian get a chance to get reelected, and that goes in a lot of ways one of those ways is ensuring they don't get money
3: anymore
2: mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know we've been very direct i don't know if you saw our latest ad but we went very direct at the head of blackstone who has donated millions of dollars to republican seditionists mm-hmm. uh, we're these are pub. this is public information we want the world to know uh, i don't know if you saw we went after toyota pretty hard because mm-hmm. toyota was easing their corporate donations back to the sedition caucus to- toyota was was shamed for that and they, mm-hmm. they did decide not to um, well, if announced they're not going to invest in the sedition caucus anymore, we'll see. Oh, um, yeah. So, so we're going very directly at those who are funding the seditionists, those who fund anti-democracy movements. We don't, we just don't believe that. You know, you, you can't have it both ways. You can't say you support capitalism and our democracy, but then invest in those that are trying to roll back those rights. Yeah, we've gone hard. We're going hard after AT and T. You know, AT and T in Texas gave quite a bit of money to government. Uh, you know, to Greg Abbott. Well, come on now, they're they're are yeah. literally doing and they can to roll back voting rights in Texas. You can't have it both ways. You can't say you love America or you, you support democracy. And and again, the thing you hear a lot from me. I think you've heard me speak before, but one of the biggest things I my themes personally is that. The problem we have today is that so many people want to go back to quote normal. Yeah. You know, our institutions want to go back to normal, right? Even there was an article today, there was an op ed in the Washington Post about how, oh, the media still wants to treat this as a normal time like there's both sides, that that both parties just have opinions and perspectives. Mm-hmm. Like, no, we've got one party that wants democracy, and we have one party that wants to undermine democracy. <laughs> it's not partisan. Yeah. You know, and even even President Biden, whom I, I, I respect greatly, um, you know, it just seems like sometimes his instinct his instinct of all those years in the Senate is norms and traditions, right? We gotta get back to our norms and traditions, mm-hmm. which is a pair of words that makes me absolutely fucking Insane, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I've said in other podcasts, that, you know, Norm went out the window a lot. Normal went out the window a lot. Yeah. Normal went out the window when you know, when when the orange guy came down the damn de- escalators that day, yeah. um, which wasn't a normal way to announce your presence, anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, you know. This obsession, this is my my fear as an individual American and as a person who's involved in Project is that our institutions are completely unprepared for this moment, that what we consistently keep seeing across America, be it the media, be it um, the Department of Justice, be it even our, you know, the pundit world, if you will, our TV stations, they, they just are not prepared for a moment in American history where it isn't just two partisan policies you know arguing about what their positions are but truly a party that wants to restrict our ability to be a democracy mm-hmm. that want to overturn legal and free elections that wants to install a person who wants to be, want to be a want-to-be dictator do as he pleases in the most corrupt fashion we've ever seen in our lives and just act like that's normal um and so it, it's just been amazing to me to see how poorly so many american institutions are doing at this time yeah um so we, we t- i talk about that a lot it's, it's incredibly frustrating wow
1: um Okay, so now I want to talk a little bit about some current events, but first we need to take a quick break and we'll be back after this message. If you ever catch yourself thinking when looking in the mirror, ooh, I wish my under-eye bags would just go away, you're not alone. Bags and puffiness under the eyes are a problem for millions of American men and women. Until now. Introducing the new GenuCell Serum with Plant Stem Cell Technology from Chamonix. Susan from New Jersey wrote, I've been using GenuCell for a couple of months. The puffiness around my eyes is gone. Even the crow's feet and small lines have disappeared and they haven't come back. I love this product. I use it under my eyes, around my cheekbones, and on my eyelids. With its instant effects, Chamonix says you'll see results in the first 12 hours or your money back. They guarantee it. Order now and get 50% off all GenuCell packages for summer. Go to love.com genucel.com dot com slash stephanie that's love g e n u c e l dot com slash stephanie love dot com slash stephanie and we're back so Let's talk about these hearings. I, I got to say, I couldn't yeah. watch them yesterday because I, yeah. I was having, I, like I said, have, this is hard for me. Um, as my listeners know, and you may not know, so I won't talk about it too much, but I lived in Soviet Russia when I was 12 years mm-hmm. old. It was 1981. And mm-hmm. I had that experience. And so... I know that uh, maybe my listeners get sick of me bringing this up, but for me it means a lot because yeah. it, 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 I got to see firsthand. I got to go to a country that was like a prison, and I felt like I was in a prison with privileges. And I got to see how everybody just went along because they did not want to deal with whatever the Russian government was going to do if they spoke out. And so, right. like the the main feeling that I have right now is, if we were to lose our democracy, I think there's so many Americans who don't realize um, what, what, I mean, we wouldn't be Soviet Russia, but we would pretty much be an oligarchy and like an autocracy. And individuals really wouldn't get to speak out. And I'm sure there's plenty of individuals out there who aren't even paying attention and they don't care about speaking out, but it goes so much deeper and farther than that. Um, And that freaks me out. And so yesterday at the start of the week, I started my week in a very negative space, fearful of that. And when these hearings came on yesterday, I just I, I was seeing people tweet about them and it was like uh, my stomach started to hurt and I just yeah. like physically I get sick from this and so watching you know seeing some of these Republicans referring to these offices as crisis actors um mm-hmm. that really got to me I want yeah. to ask you do you believe these hearings will result in a positive result
0: oh
2: man that's a great question so Obviously I have a visceral reaction to this myself.
1: Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. I,
2: I watched I watched one six you know live. I was on TV watching on TV. And I was here with my son. Thank God, my son was here. My 23 year old son who would say, "Yeah, you gotta delete that tweet. That's really high. I'm Like, oh, okay. <laughs> 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 no. uh, I'll delete that tweet. Okay, yeah, you can't go You gotta
3: calm down. Okay. okay.
2: Uh, thanks, thanks, buddy. Yeah. Uh, this one, you just about shooting people. Okay, that's probably too much, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I have a visceral reaction. And, and also, as an old soldier, I mean, I I, I did four combat tours. I I, I worked. Wow. I did. I guess I, I mentioned Desert Storm, I, where I lost two of my men. And, uh, and my first time I ever Vadarat. I went back again in 2003 to the 101st Airborne Division uh, with a a, a Black Hawk helicopter unit. Um, You know, so I've seen it. I did – during that tour, I did civil affairs. You know, we built schools. We built roads. We built clinics, you know. And and I would sit in these – you know, sit in these rooms, and and there was something – you talk about this. So it's interesting. I've become good friends with Alex and Rachel Bittman, so I'm actually reading this book right now. <laughs> uh, book plug: August third. Yeah. Here, <laughs> right matters by uh, Alex Bittman. Yeah. I got the first copy. All and right. He actually, gave me the very first copy that came to me.
1: Wow, uh, that's so Which cool. is
2: amazing. He yeah. Signed it for me, and and, and so that world you're talking about that Soviet world. I saw that in Iraq, and I remember yeah. I remember one day I was sitting in one of my villages, and uh, with Dr. Muhammad, who was my partner, his sister murdered and uh, Mohamed and I were talking and, and we just had some bombs go off on the main highway from Baghdad to uh, Mosul. And I said to him, I said, I don't get it, Dr. Mohammed. I said, I don't understand how no one sees it. Like they see it and they don't report Like how hard would yeah. you just pick up your cell phone, call the Americans or call the Iraqi government and say, hey, I saw a guy planting a bomb. And I said, it's, it's broad daylight sometimes. He says, yes. I said, I don't get it. He goes, let me explain how it works in Iraq and how it works under a dictatorship. He said... When you live under a dictator for 35 years, the way you survive, and you just said it a little bit the same way, is the way you survive, you don't see things. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't see when the family next door disappears. Right. You know, you don't see the black cars pull up mm-hmm. and take your uncle. Uh, because if you see it, wow. like you said, there are ramifications to that. Mm-hmm. And it's terrifying to me to spend what and, and and how hard fought the freedom of those Iraqis was. Because it's not perfect. And it's been a very, I mean, honestly, just... There's no way to excuse that some of the things that happened, and, and I carry a lot with me from my three tours in Iraq. Um, I was a soldier. But having said that, you know, to hear their tales and talk of the violence, political mm-hmm. violence being part of it, what we see, what January 6th represents, is that the violence is being once again part of our political spectrum, that, yeah. that one of our parties has introduced violence, or the threat of violence, as a, a normal day-to-day part of their political mm-hmm. spectrum right? And, that, and we see that even today. Just I just saw someone sent me a DM today with a list how um, their local school board is under attack uh, for one to have a mandate in the fall and they're, they're, they're getting death threats and doxing at the local level in some small town in Missouri. Yeah. Um, because this this party, the conservative movement, the GOP today, that's intimidation, doxing, threats mm-hmm. of violence are, 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 are a norm. They've yeah. normalized threats of violence all the way down to the local level in our country. And so what the one six hearings represent, yeah. I think, is 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 dragging this out in the daylight. I, I can't tell you how often people also say to me, beyond not mentioning Donald Trump, but oh, don't highlight the crazy things that you know, Marjorie Taylor Green right. says yes, or whoever. You, know, you yeah. see that a lot, right? It's yeah. like no, I, I, we're going to drag it out in the sunlight. Yeah, we're going to cleanse it. We're going to use like bleach, right? And right. so I'm hopeful and I'm optimistic and I'm and which is a weird feeling because I don't have it very often anymore <laughs> oh. that. That, you know, that that, that my, at least some Americans will see this and realize right. just how devastating this was for our democracy. And, and by having Kinzinger and having Liz Cheney, whom I disagree with, I'm, I'm not even a conservative anymore, Tim. I'm not even a Republican anymore. Right. I was already easing my way out of the conservative movement years ago. Um, it, it's just Trump was the final straw. Was yeah. not even, I couldn't even pretend I was conservative anymore. And so having those hardcore conservatives who are at least not um, lost to authoritarianism makes it a bipartisan panel and then has some. Mm-hmm. Um, has a gravitas. Oh, my God, what a difference yesterday was it? Could you imagine oh, yeah. Jim Banks or, I mean, he's already put out a statement yesterday saying he thinks they were somebody else wrote their testimony for him, it was fake. It's like these people are fucking insane. I and, and so I, I guess I could say I'm, I'm hopeful. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that um, the folks that have been assigned by by, by Speaker Pelosi um, and the Republicans who have joined them are taking this very seriously. They recognize it as a threat to our democracy. I'm, I'm hopeful that it's not the circus Benghazi hearings were which was a joke that we actually will get to the we'll find out who knew what and when and we'll actually get a true accounting for what happened because there's a lot of questions there's a lot of questions yeah. about what Miss Boebert knew there's a lot of questions about who gave tours if that's true or not um I'd like to know answers to that you know yeah. I would like to know the answers to what happened with the Department of Defense I want to know why it took three hours to give the order to send the National Guard yeah um I got problems with that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you
2: know, yeah. as the great, you know, George Costanza's dad once said, "I got a problem with you." <laughs> so uh, I'm hopeful. So I guess I, at this point, uh-huh. um, while it's probably completely unbased in fact, right. I am cautiously optimistic that a true accounting for what happened on January sixth will will change some minds yeah. and at least uh, put some people in in a defensive crouch so that they understand that they can't just get away with lying to us anymore.
1: You know, I wanted to I want to ask about, um, you know, I'm going to get to the point. Do you think Trump will be arrested? Things like that. But before I do. Sure. I want to know, what do you think? Like, do you give it equal weight? What or what is more important than so? You know, Biden, the Biden administration is giving Americans, parents, that tax credit, that child tax credit. so if you mm-hmm. have a kid who's six years older under you get 300 if you if they're older, you get two fifty until the end of this year. so they yeah. are getting money in their pockets. I know Elizabeth Warren is on his ass to relieve the uh, college debt, the school debt um, and yeah. I do think that that would be beneficial just because people would have that experience. Oh my God, I don't have any more debt and look what Democrats got for me. So what I wanted to ask is, okay, now we also have on the other end of it, we want to see the Trump people go to jail. We want to see them held accountable and all of that. Yeah. It, do you think that there's one thing that's more important than the other? Do you think they're both equal when it comes to the average voter? Um, do you believe that it's those mainstream? Kitchen table things, money in their pocket—that's really going to get them motivated. Or do you think it's a, both or just the other? Like, I need to see them go to jail, and if they don't go to jail, I'm done.
2: Yeah, maybe that's the question of time, isn't it? What is whats is it appeals to folks? I mean, we have a we're, we have a unique time of political transformation in our country, right? We we do have this. I mean, the the, the Republican Party has never been smaller. Okay, it, mm-hmm. it is a shrinking demographic, and, and in many ways, we know what that demographic is, right? So. So you've got a time where the, the the opposing major political party is shrinking in 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 numbers and power. Um, but what drives a lot of this is what occurs at the local level. We also have the most gerrymandered. You know everything is gerrymandered. Yeah, everything yeah. is set. You know everything is baked. Bo Bobert's in a plus like a million fucking district. <laughs> you know it, it, it's it's because they've set up the system. So so the danger we have is is in my opinion twofold. So I do believe there's power in delivering for the people. That 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 what we hired the Biden administration before in my heart was, well, I was looking for decency. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something we talked about a lot at the Lincoln Project. you know We just want to return decency mm-hmm. to the White House. I mean, I agree with many of you. I, I don't agree with Joe I mean, people, every now and then, the right-wingers like to dig out tweets of the line for 2012 where I really bashed the how of Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did, because I dealt with him when I was in Iraq, and he was a senator, and he was, his policies were far-fetched. Uh, just, Put it mildly, <laughs> you know, and, and I wasn't a giant fan, and yeah, and they like to bring them up like, Yeah, I was Republican then, and it's shocking, right? Um, <laughs> having said that, um, you know, I, I wanted decency, I wanted right. a return to normal, pro- uh, I did want some norms and traditions, like how to make like reading Alex, um, Alex Venman's book about how policy, and I do air quotes. I'm over here doing air quotes in my kitchen. <laughs> you know, cause we didn't really do policy under Trump. He just said, he issued things by tweet. I mean, yeah. the whole thing with the transgender thing, literally that was not vetted by anyone. So they're back to doing the National Security Council process or back to mm-hmm. back doing joint interagency process. So those things are important, but they're not sexy. And, right, the, American, yeah. and the average American has no idea that matters in any way, mm-hmm. shape, or form. And so, yeah, money in the bank is great. Bread butter issues are great. Um, but we also are people at the local level are going to their schools and being screamed at. Yeah. Because their kid wore a mask, right? They're they're dealing with voting rights being restricted. I mean if you're a, if you're a, and I'm not, I'm a white dude. I'm the whitest white dude. I am so not diverse <laughs> and scared. I'm I'm Italian and English. I grew up in Missouri. I went to freaking I went to freaking Harvard for grad school. I mean, you couldn't have a more <laughs> not diverse guy. Um, however, I've been very blessed to um, have some wonderful mentors, uh, and, and especially in the, in the black community, kind of mentoring and say, "Look, you know, here's the things." And and I just can't imagine a scenario where if you're a black voter or you're a, you know a black woman dealing with the issues you deal with. Uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, or mm-hmm. now in Missouri or mm-hmm. Texas, where they're trying to, or Iowa now they've rolled back voting rights. They make it impossibly hard. They create friction. They they close your DMV office so the the one ID you need to get to vote, mm-hmm. and you have to take a bus. Or wait a minute, what does it turns out, the bus route's been changed. You can't even get that fucking DMV wow. office where you have to get that ID card, <laughs> right? Wow. And so they, they're putting all these institutional barriers crazy. into holding on to power yeah. um, in front of the average American. So yeah, I really appreciate the money, but. Jesus, I, I'm rolling. They're rolling back my civil rights in the mm-hmm, '60s again, mm-hmm. and so it's really a tough. I mean, I don't. i don't need the bad administration with the Democratic Party having to navigate this terrain mm-hmm. and then try to do it all at once. So they I mean, what's the big thing? Well, we're doing the one-six insurrection committee. They're also trying to pass an infrastructure bill. Mm-hmm, <laughs> they're mm-hmm. like, well, that's not sexy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but but I do believe if you do if you deliver for the American people, they're, 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 at least they can come in and say that if we delivered. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you kind of can't, you know. you say. So, that messaging, right? It's like, okay, so how are you going to message this? How do you yeah. convince people you're doing the right thing for them when, when those aren't those big questions? But then you do see I, – I, I'm all over the place. I apologize. It's okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think what I'm saying is I don't fucking know. Uh, <laughs> yes, I've used many words to say
3: I don't fucking know,
2: but no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah, next question. No, I'm saying <laughs> – that's the, that's the question of the day, right? What is the answer? Yeah, I do yeah. believe that we have to have accountability, that the American democracy is in danger. In the end, all this is moot if we don't hold them accountable. If yeah. we don't hold the criminals accountable, like you said, if Trump doesn't actually finally fucking pay a price yeah. for his outrageous criminal behavior, the fact that his kids made hundreds of millions mm-hmm. of dollars while allegedly working for the American people is so outrageous that they, a kleptocracy has been built within our government. Mm-hmm. If that is not held accountable, and there isn't a price to pay for that, then it's going to be okay, just like violence in our political system. If we don't put people in jail, if we don't start rolling up the barriers these kind of acts of violence, then we were not and – not, and then the, the same thing. We don't roll the barriers to outrageous acts of corruption yeah. like I've never seen in America. Mm-hmm. I saw corruption every day in Iraq. Yeah. You see that here in America where you had to stay at the Trump Hotel to get access to the fucking president. Yeah. If that goes unchecked, I, I'm, I'm afraid for the future of our nation. Yeah, because that goes to the very fabric of who we are as a nation, and it scares me. Um, so I wish I could say I had the answer. I do not envy this administration. I thank God I don't do policy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I, I don't we don't do policy. Like, yeah, we do like you know punch them in the face. Um, but I don't envy them. And, and and you're right. What is the answer? I I I'm not, I, so I guess I, this is why I haven't been hired by the Democrats.
1: <laughs> I think it probably would be a combination of two like i don't i can't see trump going to jail as much as i believe he deserves to go now yeah, i've had right. people on my show who really think yes he's going to go to jail other people no i don't see it only because of the way that we've set this country up and we've let wealthy specifically wealthy white men but you don't have to be white because look at bill cosby and look at o j simpson yeah. but you all know right. you have wealthy powerful men getting away with all kinds of shit um and okay. you know we also hear that Oh, God, I can't remember the mobster's name, but, you know, he went to jail for tax evasion. And I think if the American people get money and, they, and, and there are certain policies that help them, especially financially, and then we see, let's say Trump doesn't – is not necessarily legally held accountable for any kind of incite, like inciting the riot, which I know would be very difficult to prove in a court of law. Um, yeah. If he were to get whatever kind of punishment for tax evasion, I think number one, MAGA people have to pay taxes. I don't I, I know that the majority of them will just defend him no matter what, but there might be a few of them that will be like, Oh my god, look what look at the fraud. And I can't support this guy. They'll go support somebody else in the party. Who, you know, like Ron Santos or something, but maybe they won't support somebody like Trump. But if we can see accountability in a legal way against Trump and his family in any way, for any reason, yeah. along with getting some money and seeing some, you know, positive policies coming from the Democratic Party, I think that it would, you know, it certainly wouldn't satisfy everybody, but it's going to at least satisfy the the majority of the concerned. Somebody like I have, because I would love to see him go to jail for inciting a riot, but I don't know that that's ever going to happen. I think yeah. our best bet is for you know the tax evasion stuff, and I do think it's a very good sign. I was just on um, the Daily Beans podcast yesterday. It's not it hasn't aired yet, but Allison and I were talking, and she said she's got some red lines for. Um, for the DOJ and one of them Is if they were to rep some, Like Mo, Mo Brooks which they are not Going to do yeah so that was I, good think, news, right? yeah, I think That's a really good sign and it makes me hopeful For what happens but you know I've had Terry Canfield who's a lawyer on my show and she Was talking about just how difficult It would be to To tack that onto Trump for inciting A riot and she I can't even remember All the things that she listed but It's like that's why I pretty much don't even Consider that an issue anymore um, Yeah so yeah. now, okay, that was my little rant, rant, and vent. LA. Right? <laughs>
2: That's what
3: we're here for.
1: That's it's a
2: team effort. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Plus, you saved me because I was slaving all for a while, right? Well, God, 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 <laughs> God,
1: hey, man, podcasting is all about talking. So <laughs> there it is. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to ask you. Okay, as far as this voting rights bill, if we don't get it passed, do you think that we're going to be able to even have a shot in twenty twenty two? I mean that scares me I think we could do it and I'll tell you this because I was talking to my mom this morning who she just like me vacillates she's very political vacillates between feeling hopeless and hopeful so she's in a hopeful mood this morning and one of the things that she was saying is that you know despite the fact that it has been you know historically people don't especially democrats don't show up to vote for midterms they did in 2018 because trump was the president and she feels that because things are you know as bad or worse now that they are not going to forget and that they are going to make the effort to show up so if we cannot get this bill passed she still feels like there's hope so where where are you on that
0: um
2: Yes, uh, I I I feel passionate that HR one and S one is is a giant bill that's got a lot in it. I believe I I would love to see the John Lewis Voting Rights Act pass. I I believe that's a key part. I do believe we need action at the federal level. The the system right now leads us to have to fight every little local battle Mm -hmm. and every state level battle to try and preserve these voting rights. I mean, it's it's clear we're well beyond the the federal. We need have we need to have federal action. And and the whole thing that's which really makes your blood run cold is realizing that these laws are all coordinated by like one quote think tank Mm -hmm. that's been shopping they're literally writing the laws for all these states and and, and in a massive coordinated effort to just basically do a federal law okay for the red states and so the voting rights scares me. I mean, mm-hmm. if you had to pick something that keeps up Fred Wellman at night, mm-hmm. is that, that this this march of restrictions of voting rights, and the way so few people truly understand just how insidious it is. And, and it, it's incredibly frustrating to see even our liberal peers go, well, I, I can't, somebody came at me once, like, well, I, I like the idea that they're going to restrict college kids voting in our town because they come here and they vote and they, they don't understand our local issues. I'm like, okay, yeah, but there's a sister, there's a sister law that says people who have been out of the state for four years can't vote in their home state eight either. <laughs> wow. So now they just eliminate yeah. the college age vote, right? Right. And so, they don't. They they pick one, and that's the way these laws are designed. They're yeah. bought they're designed by you pick one. Oh, I like this part. Well, let's pay. Right. Yeah, but you don't see this part, or like we talked about earlier, they, they say you have to ID. That seems reasonable. You have to have ID. I I, mm-hmm. I I can't get on the plan. The ID it's totally mm-hmm. reasonable. But then you discover that they've also passed administrative policies where they've shortened the hours that DMV is open. Mm-hmm. They've cut bus routes. You know, I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's it's it, it. If you're an African American, an older gentleman living in living in in, in, in maybe a nursing home, mm-hmm. the idea of you getting out and getting your right. way down to yeah. the dmv to get a, they've yeah. made it impossible these are all things they're very laser focused and like sniper rifle designed mm-hmm. to sneak past people weren't paying attention and so i do feel very strong we do need a national level law to implement policies and, and ensure that uh, every american's right to vote is, is is protected because it's being restricted very very um in a very deliberate and malicious manner yes yeah. But uh, yeah, but the, again, the, the challenge we also have too, if you're seeing a little bit of it now, is is at the same time. I, I'm not saying we can have bipartisan laws, but I don't it's just no, that's not good. Those days are over. <laughs> but we also have you go. Sometimes just get a little over ambitious. I mean, some of these laws are so vast, mm-hmm. and and there's so many pet. Things pushed into them. It's like can we, we I would love to see a more of a focus on the key acts, right? The key pieces of the yeah. puzzle. Like, and so, uh, yeah, I, I am, I am slightly optimistic. I, I am a little worried that you're hearing reports in the White House where they're saying, "Hey, guys, don't worry, we can we can outorganize those voter mm-hmm. restriction laws." I I think that's too optimistic. Yeah. I I think they're really underestimating the power of our our opponents. Yeah. Um, that that the Republican and the people we oppose have got a very very coordinated effort. Um, much better than we do on the democratic side to restrict our rights and, and it's not as simple as just outward I think that people are going to be fooled thinking Stacey Abrams made it look easy Stacey well, Abrams uh, worked her fucking ass she off
3: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> she she
2: and her allies She's and her amazing. peers and her co-collaborators co, uh, worked very very yeah. hard to do what they did and even with all that work of two three four years mm-hmm. they barely squeaked out a victory in the end right and since then Georgia's restricted more voting mm-hmm. and so you know i mean that they they already took kicked enough people off the rolls to take back the victory yeah. and so i don't believe that organizing the local level is the only answer um it's it's honestly this That topic is the one that keeps me up at night. That that no matter how hard we work, no matter how great our policies are, no matter how great ads the Lincoln Project puts out or the Democratic Party, no matter how many great candidates we field, Mm. in the end, the problem's going to be that I can't get enough people to the polls. Or they get there and they've been restricted or they've been kicked off the rolls and didn't even know they're kicked off the rolls. This insidious, malicious, malevolent attempts to keep people who will not vote the way they want them to from voting.
1: It's just um, unbelievable. I mean, I cannot. I it is. every oh, it is. day. Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm
2: gonna make bones about that, sister.
1: Yeah, I mean, every single day, I'm constantly like just gobsmacked at how yeah. everything has changed. I mean, I'm not. I'm not yeah. under any delusion that America was this perfect country. No. but you know, we de- and, and and as a white woman with privilege, I I know right. that I didn't see certain things, and you know, right. as, as I have become more political over the past decade my eyes have been open to things. But, um, you know, I, I always recognize... I mean, I used to fight with my grandfather all the time because... You know, and I've told this story before, so I won't go on too long, but he was, when he was young, he had a group of b- uh, black friends, and I mean, they were young, they were like young teenagers, and I think they turned on him, and they beat him up, and then he became a racist, and he would, you know, I would argue with him, and I would say, well, what if a bunch of white boys beat you up? Would you hate all mm-hmm. white people? And, you know, he'd get so pissed when I would bring that up to him, <laughs> because yeah. I had a point, and he didn't like my point, but, um, mm-hmm. so I was not delusional in thinking that this was some kind of perfect utopia. I did. I I did recognize, like when I lived in Russia, that's when I understood what patriotism was because it was like, oh, oh my God, you know, it's so fucking different over here. And and I was only 12, but I could yeah. see the differences. Um, and I just, I can never fucking believe it. But I also wanted to ask you about Ron DeSantis. Now, first of all, I want to say that it, it really doesn't matter. I know that Trump's got the charisma, the base loves him and he's got that charisma, um, Desantis doesn't necessarily have that charisma, but I don't think it doesn't matter who they put up as the nominee. I don't. I know that charisma helps, but I don't think the person's going to need charisma because a the cheating and the base is just going to stick with. Repub- they all fucking hated Trump in 2015 and then they jumped on board so my you know my relative who is a diehard mega supports the insurrection all of it supports the torture from the Bush administration um she did not like Trump and now she does so you know I think it doesn't really matter who's the nominee at this point I think they're all danger but If it's not going to be Trump, I know David Jolly thinks and and his numbers are going up. Ron DeStantis would be the nominee. And what do you think of that? Do you think what do you think is going to happen with that? Like, do you think Trump's going to actually run or do you think he's because there's there's gossip out there or there's talk out there that he's not going to run. So what do you think is going to happen?
0: Uh,
2: I I think he is a sociopath. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) I agree. And, and, And I think he will. I don't know if he will run or not. Um, my colleagues have stronger opinions than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he's going to make us think he's going to run, mm-hmm. and and he is uh, he's uh, he's, uh, he's a walking id. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, and so, as he sees Ron DeSantis rise, he'll try to put him down, even mm-hmm. even if he doesn't run. Just mm-hmm. the idea that. No one's greater than Donald J. Trump. Yeah. You know, there there is no one greater than no one there's no real heir to the Donald Trump throne. Mm-hmm. How could you? He's fucking amazing, right? <laughs> and, yeah. and he really believes that shit. He yeah. really believes that shit. So I do believe that if he is not in jail or dead, uh or completely, you know, drooling mad, which is not out of the range of possible. Um, that he will probably try and run. Um, hmm. He learned his lesson. He learned that he can make a gobs of money and not get prosecuted for crimes if he's the yeah. president of the United States. And that's a that's a mighty peeling thing for uh, mm-hmm. a egotistical, you, you know, a guy like Donald Trump. So, so I do believe unless unless there's an outside fact that keeps him from running, I do believe in my heart that he will make a run at it again. Hmm. Um, just because that's because he made bank. I mean, yeah. my God, he's he's raised what seventy five million dollars just mm-hmm. from the stop the steal bullshit. Hasn't spent a dime of it except for himself.
1: Of course. Okay? Yeah. He
2: he figured out that politics is a sweet ass deal mm-hmm. if you have no morals. Um and so kind of, you know, that's the funny thing about your earlier question about ours, is like we raised eighty million and spent eighty million <laughs> 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 you know and, and you know, all of it. And so you know, on our on our mission, right? So I, I think I think he's preternaturally incapable of saying no to himself, you know, as mm-hmm. to his ego. Now yeah. um, having said that, um, these other these other wannabes, while Appealing to his base and, and 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 certain ones, like they said, they don't have the. I mean, he's more than just the. I don't think, I don't think he has charisma, but he's more than just the superstar you know the, the the guy who gets up and gives speeches right he's got this background he was a celebrity before he ever mm-hmm. became there's this myth that he's this great businessman and titan in the end Ron DeSantis is the governor mm-hmm. um he's got a pol- he's got he's got policies he has to run against you know what i'm saying he, he's he yeah. been an elected official um none of them will have the kind of draw uh, to the maga crowd like trump um yeah. that's why you see so many wannabes so um i think what you see us doing is you know we're just kind of you know, we'll do We'll. You know, we love reminding him of other people saying bad things about him, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and so so I, I don't know what the future of the party is without Trump. Hmm. Um, wow. The, and how yeah. you you hook your wagon to a horse that is so very deeply broken. Um, and that horse is running buck wild all over the fucking fields mm-hmm. and up and down mountains, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and dragging your ass with them. Um, mm-hmm. Where is the heir apparent? I mean, Josh Hawley's a worm. Yeah. Um, Lindsey Graham's I don't know what Lindsey Graham is. <laughs> well, <laughs> frankly, <I can't> think. <laughs> Ron DeSantis is a, is is a, is a jackass in ill-fitting suit. Yeah. Um, who's got a, You know, who, you can't wear away from the fact that hundreds of thousands of Floridians are dying. Yeah. Um, while he worries about you know stupid shit. Um, he's not that charismatic. He just isn't. Ron no, DeSantis is a jackass. So it's 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 an interesting future for a party. I think I think if there are any smart people left over there, they've gotta be looking at the future of the party and say Oh, we're fucked.
3: Yeah.
2: You know, I mean it just there's not this weird, you know, the the names that keep coming, Christy know I mean, come oh, on, really? You know. you know, you know, just some of the names coming out or there's there's no error to the Trump uh movement, um, no matter how much so many of them are diluted themselves and believe they could be. Um so it gives me optimism to be honest with you, you know, Kimberly it's like Okay, so who, what's right. next for this party? I, I believe the party's going to de- splinter. Uh, it's good, but it's, but like like as my colleague Steve Schmidt has probably may have said on your podcast fours, the challenge is it's like a as a sun gets smaller, it gets hotter and and, and more radioactive, right, yeah, right? Right, right. And and, and that situation, we and that's what we're seeing with the mm-hmm. violence, with the desperation, with yeah. the, the outrageous things that they're proposing. Um, it, it, I do believe that we're seeing a party in its death throes, but I also believe I'm like there's no one. You know, when the Whigs went away they said oh we're, we're done obviously this isn't working <laughs> you know <laughs> i uh i don't know if there's any self-awareness within the republican party they're a dying party um yeah. and, and, and there's no one strong enough right now trying to come up with alternatives and i do believe until someone of common sense within the party finally says i renounce all this right I'm, I'm, this is the conservative alternative but i, I believe they're going to burn themselves to the ground in that big you know nuclear fire um
1: well, you brought up an interesting know. point that, you know, Donald Trump might throw some shade over to DeSantis if DeSantis' oh, numbers. He you know, and that actually could benefit because, you know, first of all, Trump had COVID and he had it pretty bad and he's old and I don't know what the fuck is wrong with him, but shit's wrong with him and it's oh. not, not going to get any better. And so, no. uh, what condition is his brain going to be in in three years from now? So, you know, I mean, to see him shitting all over DeSantis. Uh, his the MAGA crowd will eat that up, and it will cause if DeSantis say is the nominee for any reason, it would hurt him. So there is that, and that's something to look yeah. forward to.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I think we are going to eat other alive. I mean, honestly, I mean, I think as as Trump, I do you, know, I do believe Trump is, is is has health issues. There's, I I won't I won't venture to guess what they are. Right. But you just can't you can't look at the man and exactly. not see the health issues that are that are accelerating, especially since he left office. He does yeah. not look well. No. Uh, he's not a well man. um he's not a young man. Uh, He's not someone who takes care of himself, you know, and and so, so there's, he's not getting any younger. And, and so uh, that has to be a reality they have to face and they're not ready for it. And so, (laughs) You're right. I mean I I am not going to let it I kinda enjoy it go and each alive. Go for it. <laughs> and we're gonna encourage it. You, you see us, you know, we, we just did the we did the ad about, hey, Mitch McConnell is saying that you're not in charge of the party anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, we are we are sold to our psyops against Donald Trump. Yeah, because he is the head of the party and the longer he longer he deludes himself into thinking he could take over the party or keep the party and then run for president in twenty twenty four and then win, um uh, I don't know, it's better for the rest of us as yeah. they eat eat each other alive. Wow. So
1: Ugh, well, I mean, it's kind of cold. I mean, it, it, you know, going back to the very tar- the start of this conversation, Kimberly,
2: you talk about what's the thing about the living project I mean, what? Uh-huh. Look, we're not perfect, okay? We're, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you we're, we're all. You know, we, we've got backgrounds, and my, my peers, especially my founder, I, I'm new to politics. I've, I've been in politics for a whopping one year. <laughs> you know, but my colleagues who founded this organization are are, are long and long yeah. in Republican politics. They they've all got track records, good and bad. Um, they've made decisions that they, many of them regret to this day, and I, I've had those conversations directly with them. Um, but in the end, we do things. We do something that no one else is willing to do. We're willing to throw elbows. Yeah. You know, we're gonna throw elbows. We're not. You know, I, I tell, I tell, I tell candidates all the time, like, you know, just sell yourself. Get down there, and walk mm-hmm. the streets of your district. You know, tell people that we should let us be there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's a weird position. I'm, am I'm. A, people would be surprised who follow me on Twitter to know that I'm actually a pretty nice guy. <laughs> and. <laughs> and, 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 and and, but it, it's a weird position to be the guy wearing a black hat in the battle. But yeah. but we are we are the we're the we're the black hat guys who are willing to fight the battles that 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 and, and say the things and go after people for the things they've done um that, that others can't. So I'm I'm proud of the work we do. Is it, is it perfect? I mean obviously I know I know my liberal friends like you and others are very concerned about our past actions or the, the stories that have come out and I get it. And and I, you know what? I can't i will not dissuade you that I, I will just try to say our actions our, our actions have to themselves as far as our ability to to impact these races and and do the things that need to be done that so we can keep our democracy because all of us recognize no matter where our partisan mm-hmm. divide is or what policies we stand for we don't do policies in the new project people all the time come at us like what do you what's your position the filibuster yep it's a policy mm-hmm. what we're more worried about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know it, it, it exists that, that's not our thing our, yeah. our thing is talk about the danger to our democracy yeah. that this authoritarian movement makes. And, and, and we're willing, my organization and me are willing to throw those hard elbows to make sure that no one get, they don't just get to, you know, we need to stand up to them and it's yeah. not going to be comfortable. So well, and that is the benefit
1: of, of having people like Rick Wilson or, right. you know, the former Republicans who,
3: exactly.
1: like I was saying, they have the insight into that party and how that party thinks. And then also to kind of like help Democrats where they don't, you know, their strong point is governing. And again, they're not perfect. They don't always make the best decisions. All Democrats aren't perfect. I've gone after some of them myself. Um and it wasn't fun but I did it and you know so I I, like the whole point of government our government is that you know we should be able to critique the government when we disagree I have certainly I mean I was always fighting for the equal rights amendment and there were a few democratic senators male senators who weren't backing it and at that particular time i was blogging and i had a lot of a reach a lot and i would basically threaten these men with if you're not gonna support the era i'm gonna out you for not supporting equal rights for women and some of them listened to me and others didn't and but i called them out i stopped calling them out in the election year was 2014 because i just felt like okay i you know we gotta win and of course we didn't democrats didn't show up to vote and it was just so upsetting but anyway um Yeah, I I think that it's important to have, you know, to join hands. And I mean, as far as Liz Cheney is concerned, I, you know, I don't agree with a goddamn thing she does, except for standing up for democracy. And I mean, Dick Cheney's her father. So, you know, she's coming from a place where no, no, no. In fact, the thing is the one of the biggest problems that I have is, you know, I mean, I've had Joe Walsh on and I like Joe Walsh. I think that he's a good person with a good heart. But I think that, you know, he's a little bit and this is my personal opinion misguided in that. Uh, I he's totally you know pro-democracy but then he's willing to go back to policies that kind of got us in this first place got us here in the first place because they were discriminatory and you know they weren't necessarily fair to everyone that's my big thing when it comes to if you're a Republican and you're anti-Trump but if you're gonna if we're gonna stand there like I'll hold hands with Joe Walsh and say okay let's fight this beast because it is our future and he does understand it obviously the people at Lincoln project understand it and i do appreciate it so and i want to trust you know what i mean like i want to yeah. i want to join those hands because we need everybody in this fight the last question i wanted to ask you is okay so we've been seeing almost a flip-flop kind of with the covid vaccine from the republicans last week it was like uh, we saw i was hannity and we saw um mitch mcconnell a number of people have come out going yeah pro vaccine but now we've got that fucking chip roy dickhead standing on the floor screaming about masks and so the party is not unified when it comes to vaccine messaging and i'm wondering what you're thinking why all of a sudden Is Sean Hannity and Mitch McConnell saying you need to get vaccinated. Do you have any clue about that?
2: Uh, The two theories that we have and that we've talked about, and I think publicly is, um, must have been some really bad polls that came (laughs) in. And two... To, uh money let's be honest i mean it's killing the stock yeah. market. yeah that in the end if, if they could if they could have it both ways where they can use this as a policy um weapon and as, as a cudgel against democratic parties failures um but keep everything else the same um they can't the fact is if you use people's deaths and illness as a cudgel mm-hmm. one you're killing your own constituents yeah. two you know, to you're killing our economy because that's 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 the result of this. Right. Look, it, you know, people forget one of the things that always made me mad about the whole thing with the mass lockdowns is, you know, my, my ex wife and my daughter own a business up in uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia, and 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 let me tell you, long before there was a mass mandate or a, a lockdown, the business had crashed, right, or not crashed, but it was going way down because you know why? People are scared of fucking dying yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know, they, they, they were voting with their health mm-hmm. okay and, mm-hmm. and 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 so to say that oh it's the math lockdowns that just the economy no no people die and kill the economy right, right. It, yeah. it's it's the, it wasn't it wasn't lockdowns that caused the stock market crash a year and a half ago it was people were getting really sick mm-hmm. and that's bad for everybody right and so so i think in the end as much as they want to use the the politics that, to their advantage in all this the problem is the fact is people are scared mm-hmm. and and they just reported in texas that there's kids on ventilators yeah. in dallas yeah. you know they, okay this is this is a real disease and people right. really are dying and there's people out there being affected by it and you can't fool someone who lost their aunt right to covid mm-hmm. and say everything's fine when i when, when you watch when your own relatives die mm-hmm. a horribly painful death alone yeah like i saw up in new york yeah um so so i think in the end there was this realization that I, you know, as much as I want to politicize this thing, I can't deny the fact that vaccination rates are low in, in Republican states and holy shit, people are fucking dying all of yeah. a sudden again. And I think they were really hoping to thread the needle where they could have it both ways, right. where vaccination yeah. rates were low and they'd get away with it because the disease is going away. Right. Well, then it did the thing that diseases do. Mm-hmm. They morphed, <laughs> yeah. you know, it evolved and now it's killing people again. Um so yeah. I think part of it I do I do think I really believe the case is that they got some bad polls that told them that into yeah. the stock market crash. So they're big donors said, so What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You know, the, the yeah <laughs> uh so yeah. but again they're confused. And if you look at who's still on the bandwagon, it isn't the smart ones. Okay. It's right. It, yeah, it's, it's like the, it the Chip yeah. it's the mag it's the Marjorie Taylor Green. They're too stupid to get it. Yeah. They don't understand the impact of what they're doing. And the um, Nazi
1: the Nazi um, I, don't know. Um. <laughs> yeah. I like to call her. But the again, Nazi.
2: no, what you should see again, the optimist to me, see the funny about me this job is i i, I take great pleasure and optimism in optimism and them eating each other fucking alive. yeah so the, the while I, I i think they're killing themselves to see the mcconnell's and the hannity's those guys trying to <laughs> trying to spin this and then to see the end you know margaret greens and chip roys these other guys coming out against it you know it, it's like <laughs> you know it's it, it, wow, yeah. so not republican right? right i mean that's the thing exactly they've been lockstep in their muscles yes right yeah and so I kind of think it's hilarious. (laughs) You know, I I take pleasure in watching them eat each other alive. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and we at the Linker Project I could say as, as an organization I try not to speak for the organization all the time but in this case we're happy you ever see that there's that meme of uh, Daryl from The Walking Dead you know and the, the barns burn and he's sitting there on his motorcycle and smoking cigarettes like you know some people just want to watch the world burn yeah <laughs> you know right. I'm not going to lie we at the Lincoln Project sit in that motorcycle smoking our cigarettes going oh you know GOP's on fire well, that's a damn shame <laughs> <laughs> hey here's some gas <laughs> exactly <laughs> throw this on it see wow. if that helps you know yeah. and, and and, and, and I can't tell you how often I get called or, or messaged. Well, Fred, I know you guys want to join the Republican Party. What's next? What's your plan for what's next? Don't care. You know, yeah. Republicans and, 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 and conservatives of conscience will figure that out. Mm-hmm. That's not my job. My job is to burn to the ground and salt the fucking earth. Yeah. So that what has become an authoritarian wannabe dictatorship within America never gets root or seed again.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I want to say thank you for coming on the show. Um, my, my, my experience with you on Twitter has always been positive. So I know I didn't, you. I didn't come into this thinking I'm going to get him, but, um. uh, no, I appreciate <laughs> it. You know, and
2: you know, and again, I, I look, we're not shy. I'm not, I'm not one of those guys can try and smoke. Oh, everything's great. We're, yeah. we, we make, we, we as an organization did make mistakes. We as an organization were not prepared. I mean, look, we went from nothing <laughs> Yeah, an idea. Look, this thing started with an op-ed. Mm-hmm. These eight people signed off on an op-ed together to a movement, mm-hmm. and I'm not necessarily sure any of us were prepared to run a movement. Right, uh, and so like any startup company that goes through explosive growth, you know, look, we, we made some mistakes. We made some errors. I do believe that we've done an earnest job of trying to correct those mistakes and, and be an organization that we, people can be proud of support. Um, so yeah, again, I'm not, I'm not afraid to admit I've, uh, I I personally or my organization made errors or or afraid to admit that we're imperfect or like any human being we're not perfect. But but I, so I'm not I'm not hurt by criticism. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I want it based in fact and come after me for the actual fact. When I get mad, you'll see me get mad as when, oh, well, when you're a pedo. No, actually, see, that's okay. Right. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> I <Right>. know, <Yeah. laughs> that's not a thing. You know? Exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't mind a little bit back and forth with people who don't necessarily agree with our policies or our, our approaches to things. Cause, but again, but we're all in a fight for our democracy. We may, we may just do it differently.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I like your approach because it's very much you. in your face and that's, you know, we're de- we, we can't, Democrats get criticized all the time for not being strong enough. And I, you know, in some cases, I'm right right there criticizing them another I understand you know what they need to do in order to you know appear responsible and sane Um, you can't dip down excuse me can't dip down to their level and break rules or you become them but there's that fine line but you can definitely call their shit out in an aggressive way that's not pussyfooting around and I do see that from the Lincoln Project and I do like it so I do appreciate it and again I wanted to thank you for being on the show but before I cut you loose why don't you tell everybody where they can find you
2: well, as you know, I'm all over Twitter at F. P. Wellman and that's pretty much where I catch me the most. I've locked all my other channels down, <laughs> and of course, you want to check out the Lincoln Project, lincolnproject.us, our website. I'm, I'm more than I would love for your listeners to go over there, look at our financial stewardship report from from April, look at look at the results of the, the Hastings review of our efforts and, and what they said in the end, and, and and take us for take us to town if you don't agree with us. But uh, so we appreciate this board, and, and again, we're we're in the fight. We're not going anywhere.
1: Very cool. Well, I will definitely include your Twitter handle in the Patreon description great. of this show. And of course you can you can find me on Twitter at Author Kimberly, K I M B E R L E Y. Don't forget that extra E. Find my books on Twitter. Thank you so much, Fred. It was great talking to you.
2: Likewise I enjoyed it. Thank you so much.
1: Okay, bye-bye.